the next seven or eight minutes, we will provide you with an update on where we currently stand in the COVID-19 crisis, how insolvency filing rates have developed, and how the German legislator has responded. We will provide you with an overview of the newest developments in restructuring and insolvency in Germany. And we will make a short dive into our new state-of-the-art pre-insolvency restructuring tool, the Stabuk. So let's get started with the development of GDP in Germany. Our chart is looking at the GDP development since the financial crisis in 2008. And as one can see, the financial crisis has led to a U-shaped development of GDP. And after that, we've experienced in Germany a very long phase of growth until approximately the year 2018. And in that year, we can see a minor decline in growth. And the reason for that was the automotive crisis, in particular, the necessary switch production lines to e-mobility. We indeed experienced some insolvency findings of OEM suppliers back then, um, but we can see this didn't really hit the economy very hard. Then comes the COVID crisis, which has led to an unprecedented decline in growth. We experienced a roughly 5% GDP decline and we only very closely escaped a fully fledged recession. However, in contrast to other countries, Germany was not that bad. See in particular the UK with a decline of 10%. The development looks like it could be reshaped, as since the second quarter of this year GDP is rising again, almost 10% when compared to the same quarter in 2020. Nonetheless, we are still roughly 3.5% below the last pre-crisis quarter in 2019. So it really appears that we're back on track, but we're still not, not there yet. So let's now come compare the GDP development with the insolvency filing rates. We can see from this chart here that the filing rates were constantly low pre-crisis, with an all-time low of roughly only 19,000 filings in 2019. Now, interestingly, the numbers actually go further down during COVID. They actually hit rock bottom in September 2020, and there was even a further decrease in filings of 15% in the year 2020 when compared with 2019. One of the reasons for this is obviously governmental intervention by you know, the state aid programs, state-backed financings, and also the low interest rates um, which were offered from the ECB. The other reason is that insolvency filing duties were largely suspended for a whole year in Germany. We have highlighted the different phases in the chart. In phase one, Filing duties were practically no longer in existence. Hence, the filing rate is at its all-time low. This changes at least a bit since October 2020, when filing for illiquidity was reactivated and we can directly see that the numbers are moderately going up again. From January this year, there was another change. So that only debtors who have applied for state aid could make use of the filing moratorium and thus numbers have spiked up again. Since May this year, there is no filing moratorium in place anymore. Therefore, we expect to see numbers going up in autumn. We actually expect to see up to 25,000 insolvency filings until the end of this year, with most of them happening in the last quarter of this year. So to sum things up, we can say that the government aid programs and the filing moratorium worked to the extent that the filing rates have been kept low. However, this effect may come at cost. At the same time, so-called zombie firms have increased by 13%. Their number has actually tripled since 2010. And the problem now seems to be that we have 
many firms out there which are fully charged with state bank debt. And some of these firms will not be able to even pay the interest from their profits. Thus, easy access to debt restructuring tools will become an important topic. So let's have a closer look on the newest developments in, in this respect. The German legislature has overhauled German insolvency law to a large extent earlier this year. One of the most important changes is that we now have a pre-insolvency debt restructuring tool called the Stabo. This was introduced in January. In addition, 23 other laws were changed, in particular the insolvency code. We now have stricter requirements for self-administration, making the startup proceeding even more attractive. The filing reasons have been modified to bring them in line with the trigger element for the startup proceeding. Directors' liabilities have been streamlined and for COVID-19 cases, the use of insolvency rescue tools like protective shield proceedings have been made easier until the end of this year. The most important development for debt restructurings is, however, clearly the Stark. So let's have a closer look on how this new tool looks like in the next slide. The Stark is data-driven, that is, the directors remain in place and will only be supervised by a restructuring professional. It is insolvency remote in the sense that it can be used by debtors, which are impending liquid. And this can already be the case up to 24 months before an actual liquidity occurs, so the Stark really is a preventive tool. It is also partially collective in the sense that it can be restricted to certain groups of creditors and of shareholders, and importantly, it can be conducted in private so that the court will not issue any public announcements. And once it is triggered, the Stark gives the debtor um, a set of tools, and at the heart of the proceeding is the implementation of a restructuring plan with a 75% majority vote by all relevant classes of stakeholders. And this means that a consensual restructuring plan can no longer be held up by a minority of stakeholders. So the restructuring plan discussions, they can actually be safeguarded by a moratorium that's called a stabilization order, which then provides inter alia for a provisional ban on certain termination rights, even comprising intercompany guarantees or security rights. And to sum things up again, like a UK scheme of arrangement, the Staub may be a very interesting option for certain debtors to safeguard their debt restructuring negotiations with the majority of their creditors or with the majority of their shareholders, which is also possible. Although there are only approximately 10 Staub cases um, up to date, we nonetheless we expect that this tool could have a role to play in the near future.